What's up, everybody? How's it going? It is your boy, Michael. Joined as always with Lincoln Cook. And we are coming off the final weekend of disc golf on the Pro Tour. How's it feel? Uh, season went by fast. I guess we didn't really talk about that, but it feels like it's just like, oh, okay, well, off-season disc golf talk. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. So uh, our episodes are going to get a lot crazier, a lot wilder in the future, but we still got some disc golf to cover. Um, so on the docket today, we got talking about the Pro Tour finale, um, anything that we think is noteworthy to bring up from there. Um, we got a couple um, dealer's choices, and we'll go over those when the time comes. And then we'll recap your Denver tournament, and that'll tie us into kind of off-season, in-the-bag thoughts and plans. And then we'll wrap it up with things we looking forward to this weekend. And peace out. Sound good? Yes, sir. And uh, we'll also, moving forward, have dealer's choices that'll be some disc golf related, some not. We'll talk um, next week. We're going to do our season recap and look at the season as a whole and also do our player awards for um, the entirety of the season. And we'll do that next week. So stay tuned for that as well. Yeah. Perfect. Um, Pro Tour finale. You watched more of it than me because I didn't watch kind of any of it. I, I followed scores and everything, but I didn't watch much. So give us a, a little recap, thoughts, concerns. Um, just give us the lowdown on how it went. Yeah, well, we'll start with MPO, or sorry, FPO results, and then do MPO results and talk about some of the major storylines and uh, talk about the course a little bit too, because I think there's, I have thoughts on the course, and I, you said you did a little bit of the of the recap today, so you hopefully you'll have some insight into that as well. Yeah. Uh, FPO Missy Gannon took it down over Own Scoggins and Cat Merch, who were tied for second, and then Haley King and Kristen Tatar were tied for fourth. And since there was only eight players that played in the final two rounds, uh, Allie Smith in sixth, Stacy Ronsley, who was my pick. Shout out in mm-hmm. seventh, and then Jennifer Allen in eighth place. So your pick of Ella, and uh, you picked Own, and yep. then I picked Stacy and Kristen were my players to watch slash picks for the tournament. Yep. Uh, and then moving to M- MPO, my boy Rick. What up, Rick? Uh, Ricky Wysocki took it down over Kyle Klein, one stroke, and Kyle in second. Calvin Heinberg in third place. And then Isaac Robinson and Adam Hammes tied for fourth. Gannon Bird sixth. Joel Freeman seventh. Ezra Robinson eighth. And then Anthony Brella, Cole Allen tied for ninth. And Eagle McMahon and Nicholas Fontilla tied for eleventh. So the, that is the twelve players who played in the final two rounds. Yep. So exciting. So, yeah. Storylines. Uh, Ricky Wasaki, my pick. Shout out, mm-hmm. Rick. Uh, took it down over Kyle going into the last hole. He had a one-stroke advantage over Kyle uh, going into 18. They both birdied 17, which is a very Impossible. long and difficult par four. Yeah. Just insane. Uh, plays into a soccer field through a very tight gap and then is a 
big forehand into the green that there's OB all around it, and they both birdied it. So going into 18, Ricky had a one-stroke lead. Kind of through a soft drive, knowing that Kyle needed to play aggressive and Ricky was going to play for par. Mm-hmm. That's a difficult birdie on 18 to get, which I thought it was a good finishing hole, just in terms of the ability to go for it, but also the penalty if you don't get it. Uh, yeah. Ricky got bailed out on his second shot, and Kyle went out of bounds on his second shot towards the green, yeah. which he pretty much put it into threw a bad it. shot. Yeah, he just threw, he just kind of fluffed the big hyzer forehand and gave it too much hyzer, and it just went out of bounds early, never crossed in bounds. Yeah. So best case scenario, he was getting bogey, so therefore Ricky knew he could just take a bogey, and as long as he didn't have an out-of-bounds stroke, he'd win the tournament. Yeah. And this was the largest payout in disc golf history, is that right? For the winner, yeah. I think yeah. it, t- so it ties the... Uh... the winner. It ties the um, skins match at Eagles Crossing last year that Calvin Heimberg won. Oh, nice. So nice. I don't know if you can say it officially. Well, I would say it's more official, but. on the pro- um, We'll say official on the Pro Tour. Yes. Yeah. Which yeah. is all that really matters. Yeah. Um, but Ricky played the best all weekend um, without the odd scoring format with the changes in um, scoring. He would have won regardless. Yep. Of course, you know, that obviously doesn't have a full effect since they know that there's going to be a change, so therefore game plans are different. Yeah. Um, but Ricky in the finals round one shot minus 10 mm-hmm. course record. And then in the second round, he shot minus five, um, took a – Oh, he doubled eighteen. D- doubled that day. Yeah, he laid it up. <laughs> so yeah, he doubled doubled eighteen and doubled uh six, but yeah. still played out of his mind. And then in the semis, he went uh, minus three and minus six. But it was that second semis round which I watched that he kind of started to figure out a couple of those holes, and yeah, then he threw the same disc on the the final two rounds that he threw in that second semi-round and you could just kind of see it click for him and you could see him kind of start to get hot he was making big putts he was making 60 footers 45 footers like they were nothing yeah and of course did the classic ricky thing and missed a couple 25 footers but um actually no i I don't think he did maybe it was like 30 footers but he playing them low outside like just barely outside the circle uh but he played the best and deserved to win i thought yeah. Um so I did I went back and did some math from the like first two rounds with the stroke advantage and where they finished um in total and he would have still won. Um Calvin would have been second, followed by Kyle and then Isaac Robinson and then Cole Dolan and then Adam Hammes. And Gannon Bird were to tied. Um, yeah. So I think that's our like a good first talking point is like what did you how did you feel about the stroke advantage and then kind of the reset halfway through with a cut to the field? 
truthfully, I didn't really think much about the cut. I just kind of was told that was the format and just kind of took it for what it was and didn't really think much about it, yeah. um, which I know you have thoughts on that. But the stroke advantage to start, I thought it was great. It gave players that didn't have the advantage the opportunity to shoot hot and push those players over two rounds to make that make that cut. Uh, and the players that had the advantage, they knew they had a few strokes to play with, so they could kind of push themselves on the course or you know take it easy in certain areas. So there's more strategy involved, which I I enjoyed that aspect of it. And the commentary on that, um, they highlighted it after or after both the first and second round, kind of talking about it intermittently throughout the, the coverage. Uh, but then, yes, after the second round, there was that cut. So then it was the final 12? 12, 12 and yeah. then 8 for MPO, FPO. Yep, so that final 12 for MPO. So I, I guess I kind of was fine with it just because they gave an advantage to make it to the finals. And once you make it to the finals, that payout's a lot more. Yeah. And then it's kind of a, a reset, a free game at that point. So all you had to do was get to the finals and the players kind of that. So like there's more strategy involved in that compared to just playing with those those extra strokes over the four rounds. I Yeah. I don't know. I was fine with it. Yeah. Um I didn't really like it at all. Um and I'm just thinking of like more and more things of like what I didn't like about it. And the, this is, this is the playoffs, right? This is the end. This is the finale. This is the last tournament. If you go there and you don't do great, your first two rounds, then you're just done. Like you made the trip out there. You're paying for the Airbnb. You're staying there. And then you're just, done after two rounds like that's the end of your season it just like it doesn't sit well with me it's like it's one thing to if you didn't score high enough at mvp you didn't move on if you didn't score well enough at d glow you're not moving on if you didn't do well enough throughout the year you don't even make it to d glow right like the, the like the different levels of playoffs but like yeah. to make it into this part and then being done after two rounds is just like crazy to me um let them play out like who cares who cares if like fans want to go see all their players play like people maybe wanted to go watch kevin jones they wanted to go watch it i gotta go to people who didn't quite make it but um yeah like they want to see james connor they want to see proctor they want to see brad williams gossage like all those players they want to go watch them play disc golf and they're just done after two days um so i just like it's just rewarding the consistency throughout the year by giving them the opportunity to just play a full tournament and try jostle for higher positioning because everyone already got paid so like there was no like mason ford last place dnf guess what he still got paid but yeah. They could they could have so been like why not let why not let them still play out? Why not let them play for something to try get four thousand instead of two thousand? I know? think they actually did. I think they did play that final round, but I think it was more of just 
Okay. I think it was more for show because there was that the SPO storyline, right? Of of Ella Hansen, Katrina Allen, Jessica Weiss, and uh, who was it? The other person on their card. Anyways, there was drama between Jessica and Katrina Allen, but they didn't make it to the finals. But they still played that last day. Okay. Are you sure it wasn't the last day yeah. of the two rounds, like the semis round? That's what I think yeah, it was. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Well, so I watched because they're all, they all finished around the same talk spot. Yeah. And it was whole eighteen live stream. Uh, five days ago, October thirteenth. Is that sorry? We're doing live math here on on air. Yeah. Okay. So you're right. That was Friday. Yeah. Thirteenth. Yeah. So like they played okay. together that round. Yeah. So. Yep. No, you're all. right. Sorry. I just I just think let them play. You know they've earned the right to be there. Let them play, even if it is kind of an exhibition match. It kind of can build yeah. excitement, bring more fans to the event in the arena watching those earlier rounds and then they get to go back and watch lead card, you know? Um, and then another part is, no, I, I can't, I can't say you're wrong. I just didn't Yeah, and really take into consideration just because yeah. based on the formatting in the previous years, this was a semi updated. Oh, it was, it was way it. better. Yeah. It's way better than the yeah. four people on a card. If you, win your, if you win your card, like March madness type of style. Um, and then, which is fun, but I don't know if that needs to be the pro tour finale. Exactly. Like, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like that could be almost like the Vegas, since they're not doing the Las Vegas challenge next year. That could almost be like, yeah, that'd be awesome. Do that at Vegas. Yeah. Match, that actually be just, really fun. Cause like match, Vegas, match play Vegas that, like, style. Like, yeah. It's like kind of that gamble. So like play the brackets and I yeah. don't know. Yeah. For sure. I think that'd be, that'd be really fun. Let's shoot our, let's shoot our shot at the pro tour and, and throw our yeah. idea out there. I'd like that. <laughs> Um, and then uh, yeah. my other like thing that I, I disliking, and I think of other tournaments whenever when Germ won USDGC, how many rounds was it? Was it three? Was it three or two? Any any time a tournament gets lowered by the kind of set rounds that they are planning on playing, mostly from three rounds to two, we always kind of put an asterisk next to that win. I think of Ganon Burrs during this season. I don't know if it was the Silver Series or one of his Pro Tour wins, but it was a three-round event, went down to two, you put an asterisk next to it. A four-round goes down to three, you kind of put an asterisk next to it. Because you're planning yeah. on playing more. When you reset the scores after two rounds, you are just kind of like in my head. Yes, everyone starts from the same, but it's just a two round event for a a major final finale. And I that like that's an A tier. That's a B tier. Two rounds. And you're making it the the pinnacle of the disc golf season is these 
12 players playing over two rounds to see who wins. Like that's that to me, like that doesn't, it needs to be over four rounds. Let the best play. And I think giving them the stroke advantage, which wasn't much, um, the most it was, was six over like the first place had six strokes over the last six or eight players. Like you can yeah. make that up over four rounds, but it, like it doesn't feel as, culminatingly ending crescendo of bestest official golf. official yeah like because it, it was like two two round events and it just it was weird it was very weird um better than how it was before but i would like to see it just put the stroke advantage in give calvin his 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 due for being consistent all year and make people catch him, pass him, or push him to the very end to be the Pro Tour finale champion after four rounds. Yeah, no, that's, I that's agree. my spiel. Um, yeah, I mean, it is what it is, and yeah. I think that this final format's not like set in stone like this is how it's going to be every year yeah right so i i think based on knowing how, how the tournament was going to be from the beginning i'm okay with it mm -hmm. i think you're right though that it that it can be improved moving forward um just looked it up jeremy colin did win after three rounds so okay. round four that was canceled yeah. at uscgc so yeah not as big of an asterisk but definitely no. yeah uh, uh, definitely not the way he would have liked to have won it, but a win's a win. Yeah. Yes. Take take what you can. Um, what did you think of the course, Nevin Park? This is the same course they played at last year, but yeah. altered, and some of the holes were kind of rearranged, but different finishing hole, or new finishing hole. Yeah. Um, from the holes that I saw, it looked pretty good. Um, it looked like a really tough, park-ish and then into woods style course um looked really difficult you gotta throw it 400 feet and dead straight which i can't do to save my life so a place i would yeah a place i wouldn't want to go play um but it looked awesome it looked like a good challenge it looked pretty fair um obviously when you start putting in soccer fields parking lots like that sort of thing to me it kind of changes the optic like doesn't look as professional as say like a just a, a ball golf course um there's only it was two, fine or there's only two holes that had um the park in it really. yeah 17 and 18 that was 17 and 18 yeah yeah but Which, even like hole one with the parking okay. lot like right there and i watched it's like, uh, yeah, no, you're right. You know, in the woods uh, was great. The woods the was great, part, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I will say from what I heard on coverage and from what the player response was, they want this course to be on tour. Yeah. Because of how difficult it is and how challenging, but also rewarding. So like yeah. if you threw a good shot, you had a, a look for birdie. And it wasn't always a you know twenty foot open 
you know, wide open, easy putt. There were mm-hmm. elevated baskets with drop-offs. You had to make the choice whether to run it or not. And uh, there were players that took double bogeys after missing a birdie putt. Like, yeah, it was very rewarding. And the players liked playing an actual heavily wooded course like Nevin compared to, like, the closest probably is MVP in terms of the – and Northwood, I guess. But, like, yeah. they just felt like there were uh, – it's, like, refreshing almost to play yeah. a course like that. Mm-hmm. And the players were very uh, outward about wanting it to be – especially this layout, wanting it to be back on tour, yeah. whether that's for, like, Champions Cup or something, right? Yeah, that'd know. be awesome for next year. Get to see it yeah. sooner, but, but I yeah. thought it, I thought it was a good um, course to watch on coverage. I don't know how great it would have been to watch in person there. Yeah. yeah. So that is another aspect to bring up from it. But that being said, I enjoyed watching the tournament, and mm-hmm. it came down to the wire on MPO. I didn't watch um, a lot of FPO. Or I didn't watch the final two rounds of FPO. Yeah, it uh, was. I think it was kind of over before it was over yeah yeah which the only storyline from fpo is that christian star did not Wind. take down the the five star if yeah. you will yeah but she, she took all the majors just not the uh the five star hotel not 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 the money ones yep yep yeah which we'll we'll recap some of that stuff next week when we talk about full tournament coverage and yeah player awards and stuff like that. Um, but I did briefly want to talk, touch on your thoughts on the MPO player of the year. Cause I think FPO is pretty clear. Yeah. I don't yeah. Know, even, I'm not even going to say it, but MPO there's debate on Ricky Wysocki. Sorry. Gannon Burr, yeah. Calvin Heimberg and Isaac Robinson. Yeah. It's the three players with their, uh, accolades what they've accomplished this year isaac winning two majors mm-hmm. gannon winning three elite series and one silver series and calvin only taking one silver series so there's a lot of debate um yeah across the board just curious your initial thoughts and we can go into our actual picks next year or next week sorry yeah um so yeah i think gannon has three elite and two silvers so he yeah. has the most wins, which like on paper looks really good. Um, you have Calvin who hasn't won in a long time, but has not come outside the top six, I think all year. Uh, he might have one or two outside the top six. He had twenty he had twenty two top ten finishes. Yeah. Which is just like I think that's like almost all of them. Absurd. <laughs> absurd. Ridiculous. Just in insane yeah. year. No one will ever doubt that. Um but my but thing he only is, won he only won two elite series. Two elite and one silver. And like one silver series. Yeah. Yeah. So not not as winning, but most dominant at the top. Yes. Um and then you have Isaac Robinson winning two majors which hasn't happened since, is it 2019 when Paul had two Paul. in the same year? Yeah. So, like, 
that hasn't happened in a long time. He took him down. He's the world champion. Um, I'm in sports. The only thing that matters is championships. We don't have championships. We have majors in disc golf. And well, we have a world championship, I guess. But like to me, winning the four the winning the four majors means more than almost anything else. You can say Calvin was the best player of the year, but like yeah. the player of the year has to be Isaac Robinson. Okay, yeah. I I didn't think that we'd agree on this, but we I'm yeah. in full step with you right there. Sweet, sweet. I I think that Calvin will actually win it. Oh yeah, oh. But my pick for it, my pick for it is actually Isaac. Yes, yes. Because he was he was top ten, uh, eleven times or something like that. He had just a just as competitive as a season, like kind of numbers wise. He wasn't as just, wasn't he as wasn't, at the top. Yes, every single time. But like, and it, it's kind of like. Like Paul and Ricky are kind of like the, well, if you're not first, you're last mentality. Yeah. yeah. And I almost wonder, like, do voters care about that? Right. Like, that's a legitimate question. If yeah, if you if you know Paul McBeth's mentality, and he said, if I'm not going to win this tournament, I don't care what place I come in. Yeah. Whereas Calvin Heinberg is like, well, I'm going to try to finish up at the top every single time I can. Yeah. Even if I don't win it, I'm still going to try to finish in the top five or whatever. Right. Yes. Well, which which is a more correct form of thought? Like, just Calvin trying to be in that top ten every single time, make him a player of the year to a voter, or is it not matter? But wins wins do. Yeah. Right. And and how much you prioritize wins versus majors and yeah, all those those details. Like it. Someone could make the argument for Gannon. That's why it's hard is because you have someone who Isaac in Isaac who won two majors. The type of emphasis that you put on majors over winning the regular elite series and silver events throughout the year. Cause if you go by just it can't you can't just do wins because if that's the case, it's just whoever wins the most, which is Gannon, he's gonna he's gonna get it. But it's the type of wins, when you get them, how you get them, and the titles that come with those wins. And so I think the titles that come with a major champion far outweigh winning Waco, winning Portland, winning a, a D Glow. It doesn't those can be the premier high tournaments but it's not quite the same and the lasting legacy of a world champion and a major champion yes and really when it comes down to it the voting for or like in five years who won player of the year is not that big a deal yeah but who won world who won the world championship is who won usdgc is yes. like those those matter a lot more. Uh, this is kind of a stupid way to think about it, but like I almost like think of my player of the year as who is on the 
uh, PDGA website. Like when you just pull up the website and there's the MPO and the FPO player on there, mm-hmm. that's almost like who I, it, in my mind, imagine as the player of the year. Yeah. And that is, of course, the whoever won the most recent world championship. So when I pull it up and I see Isaac and I see Kristen on there, I'm like, yep, those are our player of the years. Like that's, yeah. Yep. It, that doesn't that doesn't mean that it should be them because of yeah. them being on the PDGA website. But like in my mind, that's just kind of what it is. Like yeah. yeah, they were they won the biggest tournaments of the year. Like yeah, and when you have an individual sport like disc golf, I think of just other sports. The player of the year is normally the one that wins the most. It's not the one who comes in second the most. Who wins the most money? Yeah, like I think of just other like a Formula One, a regular golf, a swimming. Like someone could, who has the most silver medals, doesn't matter. It's who has the most wins. You know. Yeah. And it it's yeah it Calvin's year, I don't think will ever be repeated in the consistency that he had. Yeah. Other than by, other than see, other than by him. Happening again. Other than by him. Um, no, that's true. But he, a couple times, just lacked that killer instinct to stay ahead, chase that win, and he was content with getting a top three, getting a top five. When I'd rather someone take chances and go from first to eighth. And that's a, that's another thing is like you look at these leaderboards two strokes is between third and 10th so like it's not like we talked about it all season long it's not like he lot like getting a 10th place is not like oh he got blown out by 10 strokes over the three rounds yeah like, it's a stroke or two especially you know especially those three round tournaments which it was at least half of the tournaments this year were three-round tournaments. This was like yeah. literally one missed circle one putt is the difference between fifth place and 12th place. Like yeah. it's yeah. So or like, two missed or whatever. Yeah, it's, the, it's, yeah I, I'm in lockstep with you. And I, I understand the merits as to the other sides of the debate. So yeah. like I won't be upset if somebody else wins it, but I'm, no. I'm with you. Yeah. Sweet. Um. All right, so from a dealer's choice that I was thinking of bringing up, but we don't have to talk about it today. Um, do you want to talk about the Pro Tour schedule that they released um, for the upcoming season? And I'm just, my notes on it are just like, why so few events west of the Mississippi? It's like at this point, why even come out here? You know, like if you're that, yeah. it's just tough. I think that can be one of our off-season topics. Okay. As we okay look forward to next year and do our preseason picks and and Perfect. kind of talking about it, it'll be an off-season dealer's choice topic for us, or because I I assume there will be the updates to the pro tour and yeah yeah i guess maybe i shouldn't assume but i foresee there being updates based on the feedback that's come from 
the disc golf population. Yeah. Based on yeah. what's been released, but yeah. Yeah, so that's the finale. So we'll we'll do season recap and our our actual picks for all the awards next week. Yep. But perfect. That that's that's the last tournament we're going to talk about for a while this year. Well, we'll probably still have some of our some of our own, but they're not going to be quite as important. Yeah. Nope, not pro tour. Yeah, and speaking of tournaments, well, we don't have to go so deep yeah. into yours, but. <laughs> I want to bring up like how no, it go, how to feel. Um, uh, yeah. I will say, so I I did not play very well. Um, I kind of was so far out of it after round one that um, uh, I just kind of couldn't execute and string together putts and birdies. Mm-hmm. On the first round, I shot minus two. Second round, I shot minus six um, with two bogeys. So that was better. Yeah. Um, and then because I played so poorly, I decided I wanted to play the pro day <laughs> the day after. And I played the um, I played an MPO event, which I've never done before, but I kept my amateur status. Uh, and round one, I was tied for fifth place mm-hmm. after round one. And I I wasn't lights out, but I played very well. I shot minus eight with a double bogey. Yeah. And that double bogey, I laid up so I could have a tap in par. Yeah. And then I was too concerned about my footing and – there's a reason why I was concerned about my footing that I haven't told you about that I don't know if I will share on the podcast quite yet. That's because right. I don't know. Uh, the, the, the future's a little murky in, in that regard. But um, I missed a tap in and it spat out and rolled all the way down the hill. Yep. And I laid up to tap Again. my double bogey. So yep. I shot minus eight with a double bogey and nice. I missed holes uh, 10 and 17 in that round, which are easy lefty backhand hyzers with yeah. a zone. And I went out of bounds and had drop in pars on both of those. So I was pretty bummed because I left a bunch of strokes out there. Um, maybe not a bunch, but I left those five stro- or four strokes with the mm-hmm. double and 10 and 17. And then round three, I, or sorry, round four, uh, my second second round of this one, um, I shot minus three and kind of just took myself out of contention and kind of just not gave up, but I had played a lot of disc golf. It's a lot of golf. That point a lot of weekend. golf. Yep. And I and I was I was so far off pace and I had bad break after bad break after bad break, where I kind of just turned around and looked at my this one guy in my car. He was really fun to play with. He's a a uh, lefty older guy who owns his own uh, chiropractic office in Kansas City and in Denver. And he and I played on the same card both rounds, and it was really fun to talk to. I kind of just looked, turned around and looked at him, and I was like, I don't know what to do here. Like, I, I can't buy, I can't buy a break. And he's yeah. like, and he's like, man, f that. And I was like, oh, okay, yep, I guess, fair enough. So. Uh, I kind of I went like a, I had this pretty bad spit out. I had a, a shot that should have um, 
on hold 10, I put it far enough wide left and it landed short enough that I was like, sweet, I'm going to be, you know, sliding up 10 feet from the basket. And it kind of just, it skipped and then it kind of caught up and landed on edge and then rolled out of bounds. And I had a spit through on one side. I had a, a, a putt that hit the top of the chains and hit something up in there hitting the yeah instead of hitting the top of the chains and kind of dropping down it just bounced straight back at me um and then i had a straight cut through full left side where i literally went through the entirety of the left side and back out and i'm not a a steep hyzer putter like it's my putt's pretty flat like maybe a little hyzer and it just kind of right through the soft spot moved it to a a hyzer angle and it's hit on the soft spot so i i kind of just had some bad breaks uh 18 i had i had a beautiful like 45 foot putt that literally crossed right in front of the chains and hit all the chains and didn't drop into the cage it dropped out of the cage it was just kind of one of those where it's like well there's nothing i can really do about it right now and not so far out that kind of didn't matter but yeah uh, it did feel good to shoot that minus eight coming back to the course where I shot minus eight the first two rounds combined. Yeah, uh, for sure. And I finished uh, tied for 16th. Nice. So, would that have cashed? Great, would that have cashed? Or no? I don't know. I left I left before that. I needed to take my dog out. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. But it was, it was a... It was a good tournament. There's a lot of lessons learned, and that's actually a dealer's choice that I have in the revolver for this cool. off season. Is um, things that we are going to try to work on this off season. So, yeah. like goals that we're going to set for ourselves here, late fall, moving into winter, that we want to have worked on and improved. So by spring. It's something that um, might be a weakness now that we can turn into a strength. So I learned what I want to work on, and I have documented that. And so that will be something that we'll talk about here in the next uh, few weeks or so. Perfect. Perfect. Um, Well, it wouldn't be our podcast without talking about Frisbees. We love new and everything exciting. And we're getting into the off-season. So what is your... Like, do you see a major overhaul? Do you see one or two holes in your bag? Do you have everything that you need and you just need to dial them in? What is your kind of like off season? I know this is kind of going into our goals, but like with your plastic, what is your kind of off season plan? Well, the big elephant in the room is Lone Star right? Whether or not we want to stay on the Lone Star team mm-hmm. and move that way. Uh, I have a another potential Thanks. piece of uh, disc golf news in the horizon that I'm working on. So if that comes to fruition, that will um, ultimately change how my bag looks moving forward. So yeah. for now, I am looking to kind of just solidify and nail down my staples. So my links, my zones, dune, 
Um, the discs that I know for sure are going to want to hug. There's a couple of lessons that I've that I uh, learned from this last weekend that nice. I'm not going to spoil for you, but Perfect. that does affect the fast end of my bag that cool. I'm going to talk about. Um, so I'm going to mostly just focus on those discs that are staples that are not going to be leaving the bag mm -hmm. uh, and emphasize my practice with those discs in mind does that make sense yeah yeah you're just gonna do it i'm being kind of vague but a little bit a little bit vague on purpose but... yeah 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 you're just gonna spend more time throwing the ones that you know you're gonna be using for a longer time than yes throwing everything under the wind and under the yes sun. because yeah. i want i want to practice and get better with those things because I, there's specific things that I want to get better on. And yeah. if I have discs that are staples, those will obviously be there to help me. For sure. For sure. I like that. That's good. Yeah. So that's very vague, but we'll talk about my bag and the process of building my bag throughout the off season. Perfect. Uh, however, you just went through a pretty decent bag overhaul, right? A little bit. I mean, I, I just went to Huntington Beach. I took my dog out. Um, she deserved a, a a day with me to go run around and chase her frisbee. So went to Huntington and I just kind of put all new things in my bag just to try and throw and um, kind of freshen up a little bit. I just, I have so many frisbees. It I need to throw them all. And this is kind of, this is that time when I get to do that when I know I'm not doing tournaments. Um, it's still beautiful out. It's 85 degrees today. So it's like I can go play all through winter. Um, hey, it was 70 here today. All right. I saw that. I and saw that. That was perfect. Yes. Yesterday was like 80 and that was too hot. Today was 71. And I was yeah. like, this would, this would be nice to keep throughout the winter. But yeah. Whatever. Yeah. So. How far did I? Okay. Yeah. So I, I put some new ones in. Um, Do you want me to say them or just like talk about them? Or why? Well, you sent me the list of, of what you have. So I, I have them. I have them pulled up. Yeah. Uh, I'm mostly interested in the driver's side and hearing okay. your thought process in the driver's. Because your mid-ranges make sense to me. Um, and your putters we talked about last yeah. week. Yeah. I believe with your Berg X. So we yeah. talked about mm -hmm. um, what you've got in the, in the putter side. And I believe we talked about your mid-ranges somewhat recently too. Yeah. And so that hasn't changed too, too much. Nope. But there's um, a lot of different molds in your drivers that I'm curious to hear your thoughts tons. on. Tons. I had tons of discs. I had no duplicates. Robbie C and um is it's not Brad. Yeah. Brad. Brad. Yeah. Um Robbie C Brad. And, and Brad, they would be very like they would just be like, Oh my god, what is that? Looking at my bag <laughs> because not a single thing is used. Um so I'm just trying to find discs that feel good, fly good, and are comfortable. 
they don't have to necessarily like give me confidence yet. Um, but going from the highest speed down, I had um, an X3 from Prodigy, the Emperor, a Recoil, and a Grace. So those are my like 12. Yeah, they're all 12 speed drivers. Um, then I had the Musket and the PD as my like 10, 9 speed. I think they're both 10. And then I had a Leopard 3, okay. Exodus, Explorer, and a Centurion as my 7 speed. Those are all 7. Yeah. Yep. So I really like the 7, 9, 12 gap, which obviously the Musket and the PD are not that. But like the PD feels really good and it's just like that super overstable like I disc mean, in the back. They're they're ten speeds, but they're not like super far flying ten speeds. No. Like yeah. a uh like an onyx. Yes. An onyx is, is a ten speed and it flies like a twelve. Like it yeah. goes so far. Yeah. Yeah. It goes a ten instead of like a shorter ten. Yeah. Yeah. So it was oh, fun. I, I I totally think those work in there. Um, what would you compare the PD to in your seven-speed lineup, or is there a comparison? There's no comparison. It's super overstable, and it's, it, it's very overstable for you. It's like, and then the musket is yeah. kind of like the Explorer, or not as, or more overstable than the Explorer. Um, more overstable, mostly because of the like the speed of it, because it is a little bit wider rim. Yeah, needs more power. It's like that's the stability is only at the end of it which is like really cool they are yeah. very similar flights so it's it's not so, bad yeah i was i was thinking about this as well so i was like you know i do i want that overstable seven speed that doesn't go as far as my other seven speeds or do i want to kind of disc up to a a more stable nine speed that might get a little more distance but then mm-hmm. have that overstability that I'm wanting out of my seven speed. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. So it's like you're adding the distance with the speed and keeping the stability. What with the is. speed. With the speed. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yes. So using the, like, instead of throwing the FD1 for me uh, mm-hmm. backhand, I would be throwing the FD1 like I would be throwing it mid range distance because it doesn't go as far for me yep. because it's so overstable. Yeah. So it's like like that overstable fairway seven speed would be more like a mid-range distance. Whereas like the overstable control driver would be like the fairway distance. Yep. Yep. I agree. Yep. Yeah. 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 So that, that's something that I was actually thinking about recently. So that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Um talk to me about the X three Emperor Grace and the recoil is just your very overstable twelve speed. Yeah. Right? It's just it's just overstable. Um, can get a good flight like it flies how I imagine like a new Star Destroyer does you know like okay. you can get it to go far and this, but it's not easy is this a used is this like a beat in recoil or is this no. brand new not brand new I've used it like I've had it for three years I had it is it the last disc I bought in Colorado so like I've had it for a long time but it, <laughs> Yeah, I just throw it on grass so not, it doesn't get a, does, it doesn't get beat up. Not a crazy amount of seasoning. Yeah. No, no. Um Okay. Well the, talk to me about the Grace and the X3 and the Emperor. The Grace 
the one that I was throwing is beat up, seasoned, Heiser flip, full Annie's. Like it's my, it's a really good, just like control this, whatever angle I can put it on. It's, it's gonna, it can hold a turn. So like it's seasoned. It's not a new one. I'm not going to get any stability out of it, but I can get good distance. Um, the emperor I have been absolutely loving. Like it is so yeah, nice. You don't have your G star destroyers anymore. Yeah, it flies just like them. It's maybe a touch like it's a touch more stable. So I have like a color glow destroyer that I sometimes have in my bag. It could replace that, no problem. Um okay. but it feels really good. I like it. It's more comfortable for like I don't think I could forehand my G Star Destroyer just because how like soft they are. Whereas this one yeah. can like handle a little bit more torque, but have that exact same flight. So I think it's cool. I love it. And then the X3, I actually didn't even throw. I had it in my bag. I didn't throw it once. I don't know why I have them. They feel great. I have I have two. Probably. Okay. Remember the flight numbers on those? Pretty sure it's a, 11. It's, it feels like a 12. But it's like okay. 11, 11 and a half, because Prodigy doesn't have like straight numbers. Um, <laughs> negative, negative one, two. But the ones that I have don't fly like that. They're not overstable, but they're not like, they're not as like straight as I would have said they are. They're a little shallower. They feel very similar to a curl. But uh, one... same flight numbers as the Enigma 12, 5, negative 1, 2. Yeah. Yeah, but they have mine have like a huge dome on them and like almost pop toppy and they're they're nice. I like them. Okay, I actually remember feeling one now. It had a huge dome, but it wasn't like a pop dome. It was yes, like just exactly. like kind of a it just like around. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was strange. Yeah. It's cool. I have two. I've thrown them maybe once or twice, but yeah. Okay. Well, we've got a baseline for your bag in the off season or yeah. in the off season now, kind of moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, your mid ranges, which I, I really like your lineup of mid ranges. You have the fuse, the compass, the midi and the justice. So yeah. you're straight to understable, you're straight to straight, you're straight to overstable, and then you're straight to, or you're very overstable. Yes. In that justice, which you're saying it actually gets more distance than you thought it would. I throw the crap at like I can throw it so far. I don't know. Like, you know how when you throw a zone and like you can get it to flex and like do a far flight, but like it just doesn't feel like it goes anywhere. The justice I feel no, like I can because my zones go. Mine don't. <laughs> Mine don't. But this one I feel like I can go and then it will finish. It's pretty beaten up. It's seasoned. I bought it used and then I've used it some more times. So like, it still has. But it's still way more overstable than the midi. Yes, um, and more comfortable for a forehand. Um, so the way it in my head, how those, like I really like the dune. For the understable, but it's not understable enough. You know what I'm saying? It's not like, an understable mold. Exactly. It can fly understable, but yes. you have to give it the anhydrous for it to fly understable. Yes. 
Whereas yes. the fuse will get a flip. It's just turn turning. It's it. just turning. Like if I yeah. want an understable, I want to trust it's a, that it's, it's understable. Flight. Yes. So yep. Yep. the the fuse is five six negative one zero. The compass is five six or five five negative one one. That's how it flies. And the MIDI is five five zero two. It might be three, but it flies like a five five zero two. That's how it flies. Like I actually yep. have a disc that when thrown, it's gonna go left, gonna go straight, gonna go straight and right, and gonna go right, right. Yep. Like it's totally. just I have big gaps, it's good. Yeah. No, I I think those all make sense. And I've seen you throw a fuse in a compass before and I've seen a video of an ace that you threw with a MIDI. So I'm like, yeah, those all make sense. So yeah. I mean I didn't see the video of the ace, but I saw yeah, the yeah, yeah. result of it. Yeah. Um, and then your putters, you have an ESP zone, the Berg X, the Reco, and the Pure. Yeah. And yeah. there's thoughts about putting with the Reco, potentially. Yeah, I'll see. My so my I'm gonna goal. Send, I'm gonna send you Ge Gordon Gecko. My my goal. Once I hit the new year. Is and we might dive in. Is like. I don't want to buy anymore, and I want to just like, be settled, and be comfortable and confident, and just like work with what I have. You know, yeah. have have like a thirty disc bag. I'm never gonna carry well, thirty at a time, but like thirty discs that I let myself play every round with. The other ones yeah. I can go kinda, throw kinda out for your, fun. Uh, your rotating roster of yes. like yes, hey, this like in in football, you have your eleven on eleven, right? Yeah. So you have your matchups, but then like if you're playing like a very physical team, you have a more tight ends and running yeah. backs you have a 53 man uh, roster to make your starting lineups yep. yeah yeah exactly yeah. so yeah that makes sense i just want Six. i don't i want to take a lot of time this off season throw everything i have compare everything i have take notes and put together as much of a solid 30 disc roster and i, I think my biggest goal is just to stick with one putter at least like whatever I choose and try this off season is to like give it a full go for a year and let my kinks work them work themselves out instead of changing every three weeks a new putter. So we'll see how long that lasts. But... I know that, that's that's my goal. That's my <laughs> off season goal, and that's that's my New Year's resolution. Cool. Okay, I like it. So this uh, next month and a half or two and a half months is about uh figuring out what we're 100 percent gonna go with at the new year yes pretty much yep beautiful i mean i've been with links for so long now that it's like i know when it's me versus the putter yeah because it's always me because i'm using the same putter and like when yeah. i changed to the inner core then i changed to the jackrabbit i didn't know if it was me or the putter and I was struggling in yep. all results. Yep. Whereas like, I desperately wish that I could have been at USAMS with my links because there's yeah. just, I just trust it way more. For sure. 
Uh, cool. That being said, I got a couple uh, extra soft links uh, from a guy nice. on Facebook. Yeah, I saw and that. those yep. arrived in the mail. This one is new, or pretty much new, and perfect, and it feels amazing. And the other two that I got are super warped. Like, mm. he said they were used. He didn't say they were warped. Yeah. So I'm a little, little put them, disappointed. Put them in hot water. Not like boiling, but like warm water, and then put them on their backside and put a book on top. Yeah, sort of heard. So I'm gonna try that, but uh, uh, I was a little disappointed. Not in. I'm fine with the waffle on the top of it. Yeah, like, but like it just totally fine with that because that gets it's soft. Crooked. But like, there's legitimate like bends yeah. to it, and uh, I just haven't spent the time. To work on it but i got yeah. those so i now have three purple extra soft links to go along with my other links and i will putt with these when it's snowy yeah because it's just cold and wet and Perfect. icy so okay. i will putt with them when they're snowy but uh i threw them a little bit today and they are not understable for as warped i haven't thrown this one it's brand new but i yeah. threw the two warped and used ones they're not understable Nice. But they're not they're not overstable, but they fade out. Like they yeah. I like threw it flat and it went flat and then at the very end it had low speed fade. Nice. And I threw it on on solid anodizers and I gave it height and it just held all the way over. Like they're like perfectly neutral. Yeah. And it was really fun. Cool. So I I had fun throwing those. I love the feel of how soft it is. Yeah, I don't know. There's something about throwing a really soft putter that's like you know it's just gonna sit and die at the basket. Yeah, so, that's what you needed on hole twelve. <laughs> yes, and I wish I had it because <laughs> I mean, I mean, it, it, I parted it the other three rounds. Yeah, but yep. So it is what it is. All right. So thank you everyone for tuning in, listening this far. Um, we're going to do one more kind of strictly, di- not strictly disc golf, but we got one more episode to kind of round out the season and then we'll head into our off season. Things will get a little crazy. Things will get a little wild. Um, but you know, we're always going to be talking about Frisbees and all things disc golf in our life. So we're excited for that. Um, and it's award season, baby. So, uh, Start making your picks. Yes. Start making your predictions for our picks. And uh, these picks mean a lot, you know. So We can get little trophies for people. You know what? I, did we did we do preseason picks? We could, we'll go back and look and we'll try to do some stuff. We'll we'll try we'll yeah, do some research we, on this one. If we've got a super devoted listener, go back and, and listen to our preseason picks and yeah. uh, <laughs> let us know if See how uh, off we are. We've made anything. Yeah. But uh no, it was fun. I had a great time watching the season and yeah. uh excited to do a full season recap. And then I'm excited to talk our bread and butter and get into just them off season frisbee talk. Perfect. Sounds good. All right, lefties out. out.